If you're a musician with a website, and that website isn't currently bringing in the number of clients you would like, it's actually something you can fix, and we're going to talk about it next. Hello and welcome to the Musician Toolkit, episode number 40. I'm your host, David Lane, and it is great to be with you once again. I am recording the introduction to this episode uh, just a couple of days before it is supposed to release, and usually I have it uploaded more in advance of that. In fact, this one I especially wanted to get done before I went up to New York for a week, but there was just too much to do, and I had to leave this part of this episode until I got back. So I can say, without thinking into the future, I can actually say that uh, I have been to New York, and, uh, and I had a great time up there. I got to see parts of the region that I hadn't before. I had never really had explored upstate New York and um, had never been to any part of New England and uh, got to explore parts of Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Vermont. Uh, really loved the time up there. And, you know, of course, when I wasn't sightseeing, I was rehearsing and then reading uh, a brand new musical. Uh, and this is what's called a, it's a workshop reading. It's where the writers get to hear live actors that are not themselves <laughs> say the lines, sing the songs. They get to hear my arrangements, and it gives them a much different feedback system. And plus, they get audience talk back afterwards, you know, and it gives them ideas of what they can do to improve the musical going forward. Anytime that I do something like this, a uh, common question is, well, when will we get to see this musical? And it's too early to say. It's too early to say what the next step with this is and, uh, you know, what timeline it will occur. This is not the only project that these writers and myself have going on. But we did this at the Mac Hayden Theater in Chatham, New York, and it went very well. So anyway, let me talk about today's episode. We're talking about websites for musicians. Some of you don't have a website, and you really should. And, you know, when we, we talk about this in the uh, interview, but I'll, but I'll say it again. If you're relying on social media as like your only means of reaching out, well, if you've been on any of these things longer than a year, you know that they change. They, they, they often change. A year ago, it was, it was a sure thing for me, not even a year ago, six months ago, it was a sure thing for me to post to YouTube Shorts. And... I would get hundreds to sometimes thousands of views on clips of this podcast episode. Well, now I'm I'm really lucky if I get 30 or 40 views on a shorts video. And of course, you know the way shorts videos work is it's it's not like your long form videos which you can do in 2015 and people will still be finding it. The shorts video is kind of like it has that day of release that the algorithm decides to show it to people. And if it doesn't, well, it just kind of goes into oblivion. And it's like the only way people can find it is if they explore your channel for shorts video. So I just use that as, a, as one example. Instagram has changed many times. Facebook has changed many times. TikTok, I've, I haven't even been on that for a full year. It's changed two or three times since I've been on also, what happens when your prospective clients leave? If you want to generate your own 
clients, whether that be for playing for weddings or playing for parties or even getting students as a, as, as a private teacher. Social media is fine, but they are supporting parts to your marketing system. Your main branch needs to be a good website and an email list. We're not going to talk about email today, but we are going to talk about the website because that is a big portion of it. Now, some of you have a website and it hasn't done much for you. We're going to look at what might be going wrong with your website and what you can do to fix it to make it more attractive to people who are looking to hire someone like yourself. And to help me talk through this is my guest today, Taylor Rossi. She is a flutist, but she is also a web designer and coach for those who want to do their own website. We'll talk more about her company as we go. But we talk about things like what are the most common mistakes that musicians make on their website? What are they posting too much about? What are they posting not enough about? We'll also get into that mysterious thing called SEO, which uh, search engine optimization. It's, it's kind of that magic stuff that helps you get found on Google. We'll talk a little bit about that and some things that you can do. And I'm very comfortable talking about this because my website is a work in progress. I would not send you to my website to show you one that is fully there. Um, but, I, but I will tell you that I am working on it as I go, and it is something that is better now than it used to be. And I do get clients through my website and through it being found on Google. And that's something that really wasn't happening a year ago. And I just happened to implement several of the changes that we talk about this episode. So they do work. Like any other aspect of your business or your musicianship, website, creation, improvement, maintenance, it takes work, it takes time, but it's worth it. And it's something that you can almost bank on to be successful if you do it right. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation. This was the conversation I had with my guest, Taylor Rossi. It's my pleasure today to be talking to Taylor Rossi. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. So tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, where you came from as a musician or, you know, what you still do as a musician and what you do professionally. Yeah, so I have a background as a flutist. I went to college for music education and then pretty much realized senior year, unfortunately, that that wasn't for me. Mm. Um, and then I came to Boston, which is where I live now, and found marketing for musicians, which I really, really love and kind of pivoted to that. Um, and so now what I do is website design for musicians. And then I also help co-teach a course for entrepreneurial musicians called Create Your Career. Um, and then I get to teach a little bit to kind of still you know, have that connection to my instrument and uh, degree and all those things. Nice. Um, you know, you mentioned music education. It, I, I went to college, uh, my undergrad, it didn't have a, a like a huge amount of music degrees you could choose from. There's music performance, there's, uh, there's music composition. There was a, a music business degree, which I felt like was more business and not as much music. And, 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 and I didn't know too many people who were insightful enough to take it. You know, it's like looking back, it's like they were the smart ones. But at the time, they were like, oh, you're just too afraid to be a musician or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what was thought of at the time. But um, but we had that. And then we had, 
I, most people I knew were music education majors, and I would say, you know, way, way more than half of them have become teachers. They have used it. But I think for a lot of people, it was like, well, I, I know I don't want to, like, play for Carnegie Hall or be a soloist for a major orchestra. But at the same time, I'm not too, I know I want to do something with music. So education seems to be a way to kind of learn a little bit about everything and so forth. Um and that can be tough when you're trying to figure out what career do I get started with. You know, it's hard to know. Like, I look back, I, I think music business would have been very valuable. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, uh, music composition taught me a lot about music, and it gave me some craft. And you can, the nice thing is when you graduate, you're not done learning. You can keep learning. So <laughs> so yeah. what? What? where did the entrepreneurial part come in? What got you into that? It's funny um, because I grew up with um, my dad actually owned his own business in our house doing um, he would take old film reels that people like home videos and things like that and transfer them to DVD and lots of other um, like media related projects. And when I was growing up, I had no interest in running my own business. Mm. I wanted to I mean, then I wanted to be a teacher. But even after that, I thought that um, I would maybe have like my own private flute studio. That was kind of like the first, I guess, entrepreneurial transition. And I started doing that and I still, I love teaching one-on-one, which is, um, where I do think the education part com- came into this and even how it looks in my day-to-day now. But, um, it just kind of started transitioning from kind of starting a studio. And then I started finding this interest in marketing and, found that there was a lot of opportunities to kind of start going into social media. And that I started like partly getting asked to do things, which was so wild. Um, And then partly starting to pitch myself for things. So it kind of slowly became its own. uh, It just kind of, not to say it fell into my lap, but it it started just happening and it just felt like the right direction. Um, And I had a million little, little pivots along the way. Like I did take on this temp job as like an office manager. And then I felt like I was dying inside because there was nothing creative to it. And um, just over time realized that doing something creative and getting to work for myself and um, being in such a creative market and still getting to work with musicians felt so great. Um, And so now the thought of working for someone else. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it. Um, Maybe I could, but I I just love it so much. And it's given me so much freedom. And I've gotten to do so many things in my life that I never thought I'd be able to do. Even doing podcasts. I still think that's the craziest thing to be doing podcast interviews like younger me. (laughs) I could never picture this. Um, (laughs) But I get to do this all the time now. And and I just really love it. That's awesome. Um, So you're going to talk to us today about Uh, websites, you know, musicians who have websites. And I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, You know, how important is it to to have a website to success? Well, you know, I've interviewed a lot of guests, I've met a lot of people. And, and, and I'd have to say, honestly, I've met a lot of people who either don't have a website, or have a what we'd call an ineffective or bad website that have been successful and when i look at what they did well first of all they tend to be around my age or older and you know they come from an era where it was more highly valued and actually necessary to to form in-person networking with those uh you know with high 
potentially high paying clients and and also where the word of mouth network was i think maybe a little bit more common you know back then but uh, you know of, of course i've met plenty of people with very good websites who are also successful i i would say um most of the world kind of follows a uh they would fill into the umbrella of not haven't been highly successful monetarily and they don't have a very good <laughs> website i'd say that's probably like uh, that has to be like most of the global population, but I have not, to my knowledge, met someone who has a good, efficient website who is either not successful already or not seeing a trajectory that's taking them to that point. Uh, would Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm. I like to really think about websites as a tool versus a another form of a resume. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think that that switch in thinking can be really helpful. And that's why there's a lot of people who have such a fear of having a website because they think they have to have reached the highest point in their career in order to have one to showcase all the things they did rather than using it for opportunities. So I think a lot of people are actually just afraid to have a website because it's not going to showcase all the things they wish they were doing right now. Right. Well, and, you know, one thing that I've heard a lot, and and I think, you know, we're recording this uh, a week or two after Twitter has changed their name to X. And, you know, that, that app has gone through a whole lot of changes. Uh, I look at TikTok, and it's funny, I can almost count, I can almost predict the number of views a video is going to get, because it's become whatever algorithm they're using it, it's funny it doesn't it doesn't really matter it just always ends up that number it doesn't matter how what i try to change uh i haven't figured out you know i thought i had them pretty well figured out a couple months ago i don't now so social media apps change all the time the algorithms change what what whoever controls what thinks that uh, or their their computers whatever they think people want to see changes and so forth but i've been told there's two things that you could that you have control over no matter what anyone else does and that's your your website and your email list and uh and now just for the sake of time we'll we'll focus more on the website but feel free to you know certainly touch on both of those but let's just talk about let's start with the website what what are many musicians doing wrong with their website the thing that I found when I look at so many musician websites, and I do want to clarify that when I was first starting out, I absolutely did this. So this mm. is no shade on anyone. So if this is you right now, we've all been there. But it's the issue is that it's so focused on them. It's just glorifying what they've done or what they've won or where they've attended versus what they can use to offer someone else. And when you're looking at a website that's just me, 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 this is all I've done, it makes it really hard for someone to conceptually see how they fit into that picture. So if you are a, if you have a private studio and you're just talking about all of your accolades, it's going to be really hard for a parent or, a, you know, a student to look at that and see why they should join your studio. If you're even a performer and you're still just showcasing all those things versus how you can collaborate or how you can, um, you know, 
why you would come to their performance versus someone else who plays the same exact instrument, who's probably equally as talented or anything like that. Um, they're going to have a hard time seeing that. So I think just viewing it more from that perspective of what's in it for the person visiting my website, what are they going to get out of it? How can they work with me or how can we collaborate or anything like that? Just switching that viewpoint is going to change so much. So it's more of a tool um, for like pitching yourself or getting business versus again, just as like another form of a resume. So if I was to think about like, don't do this, do that, you know, it's kind of some examples. Uh, I might think of if you're, if you're in a band, if you've got a rock band, you know, that you're trying to promote, um, instead of having, you know, a, a website full of photos that are like close up of your band playing on stage, might be more worthwhile to have a wide angle view of the excited crowd. And then your the exactly. venues that are looking for a band say, wow, look at them. They, they're having a good time, you know, or like people, you know, laughing and drinking or, or whatever the, the appeal is. I, I, I have been told, you know, that, you, and you'll probably talk about this, but you know, your website needs to, it, it, it needs to be for the type of client you're looking for, not necessarily the type of clients you've had, which, you know, maybe they're the same, maybe they're not, but, um, you know, that's something right there. So it's like, if you're wanting to be someone who's invited by clubs, active clubs, you know, you want to show yourself in that environment. So that, that's one example that comes to mind. And of course, as you mentioned, if you're, if you're teaching, like, this is something that I, that I, I, I've thought about and it's, it's a work in progress. So if anyone goes to my website right now, they won't see this, but you know, it's my challenge that if you go by the end of the year, you, you will see this. I, have realized over the past year or so that I'm more naturally inclined to work with adults when it comes to beginners than I am kids. I still have, you know, a lot of kids uh, that I teach and I enjoy them, but I have a passion for adults. So I'm, you know, if you go to my website, hopefully in a few months, you're, you're going to see pictures of adults being taught. And that's, and so when an adult prospect goes there, they'll be able to to see all that and, and, and then look at my information and figure out, okay, this is the type of studio that I could be involved with. Whereas if, if it was nothing but kids, or if it was worse, nothing but me, <laughs> it's kind of hard for a prospective student to see that. Exactly. And what you said about the band before, like, that's so, that's such a good point because I like to think of it, of the experience like showcasing the experience that you could have with that group or with that teacher kind of thing. So obviously photos are going to be a big part of that and having that captured, but also like some more tangible things would be like having testimonials on there. So um, a couple of ways this could look is like, I'm thinking about, um, I went to a, a friend's holiday party and they had this amazing, they're probably like a wedding band or, you know, one of those like, um, bands that's just hired for events and things like that, but they were so amazing. So if I were to book them, I'd look up their website and I'd want to see, you know, videos from them, but also testimonials on their website from other clients so that I could get a taste of what their experience was like. If I was a private music teacher, I would want to see testimonials from other parents or other students to see what that experience is like. Um, and then also a big thing that is so easy, but a lot of people miss is adding a frequently asked questions section where you can literally cater like 
exactly what you want them to know and also what people just ask all the time. So you're saving yourself time, you're giving them information and it's showing what the experience is going to be like, but also like um, taking away people or deterring people who might not be a good fit for you. I think a lot of times we forget that like, we don't want to just work with everyone. We really mm-hmm. want to attract the people who are going to be a good fit for us. So making it very specific to the experience you want your clients or students to have, or also how you want to run your business using your website is effectively like that is going to really help attract the right people or deter the people who are not going to be a good fit and are probably just going to make your life, life miserable. Right. First time I, uh, I ever worked with a business coach, it was like, what, like, right. They're like this week, uh, email your students and even some past students and get some testimonials and put them on your website. That was like one of the very first things. And, uh, you know, I've heard some advice over the years of like how to, you know, if you don't feel like doing that, one way that you can get a testimonial is if, if you get a response from someone, thank you so much for playing for our wedding. It was beautiful. Uh, you really added so much to it. You can respond, well, thank you so much for your kind words. Do you mind if I use that uh, as a testimonial for my website? Or if it's, you know, if it's your Google business page that you're trying to grow, send them a link. Would you mind copying and pasting that you know, to, to here or whatever, you know, whatever the procedure is for that, What you know, for getting the testimony to that specific spot. So, um, yeah, this is this is definitely, you know, great advice. It's just as far as getting, you know, people to, to see others that that are like the the clients you're trying to reach. Yeah, exactly. And I find like once you start creating a system too of um, like if you are actively gigging or if you're like a wedding band performer, just putting it into your process of if if they had a good experience, if they didn't, don't don't ask for a testimonial. But but after that experience, you know, wait maybe a week or just a couple of days and you can send a little, you know, thank you so much for hiring me, blah, blah. Um, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind filling out my Google business um you know, testimonial. So other people can find me and blah, blah, blah. And people are like, it's so scary to send that, but people, if they had a good experience are going to be so willing to do that. They're going to want to promote you too. So I like to have that perspective in mind because it can be very nerve wracking to ask for testimonials. But I, you know, if you, someone had a good experience, they're going to want to support you. So, um, just keeping that in mind can be really helpful. Nice. Um, you know, what you've said so far about, you know, the, the websites when they're one of the first mistakes is that it's all about it's all about me the artist instead of my client um uh, by chance are you familiar with like uh, the teachings of donald miller uh, he's got like a you yeah. know story brand and and i really like it's a, it's kind of a simple template but it's it's basically there's it's the whole story of there's a there's a hero and there's a guide and we think as the musicians that we're the hero, but that's the wrong approach. It's like your client is the hero. You're the guide. The, the, the hero has a problem that they need solved. And you are the guide who can, first of all, show them the problem that they have, you know, illuminate it, but then also how that you can solve it. And, and I've, I've tried to keep that in mind that that is, that has to be like at the core of whenever you're doing anything. And I've also, I've also heard him and others say, when someone goes to your homepage, 
you have about five seconds to keep them there. So with that in mind, let's talk about fixing the home page. What, what should people be prioritizing on that first page? Yes, the home page is neglected so much and yet it's so powerful. So what I see for so many performers is just having a wide banner photo of them with their name and that's it. There is nothing else to that page. And it's such a disservice because first off, it's barely telling people what you do. Like they can probably assume what you do, that you're a performer and they can figure out your name, but it's not giving them any information about your where you're based, what you offer, who you work with, any of those things. So first off, just start adding to your homepage. What I like to do is, you know, add that information, either the tagline about what you do or offer, or, you know, just some kind of quick, succinct information right at the top so that people can see right away. They don't have to use their brain to figure out what you do. We want to make it as easy as possible. Don't make people work when you're on their website. Um, and then once you start getting under there, underneath that first you know, picture, this is where you have so much control and choice in your website that I think people forget because oftentimes they just follow a template without thinking about the experience you want someone to have. So this is where you get to decide what you want people to do next. Um, what I like to do is actually put in the information of if I have multiple offers, I can create a couple, like I'll usually do like three buttons so they can pick where they want to go based on um, what services they might be interested in. Or you can, you can do like join my studio, visit my blog, read and, you know, X, Y, Z about something. So just giving them a couple options to show the different things you offer, adding in testimonials right on the homepage. So you're building up that trust with them. Um, and then putting a little bit of information about yourself, just adding those few things is going to totally transform your homepage, um, from this kind of guessing game into an informational page where you're kind of hooking people in. They're getting interested. They want to know more. They're maybe feeling kind of connected to you, almost like they know you a little bit. And that will just help build that relationship. So they take that next step to either go to your studio page or your performance page or whatever it is. So you're kind of just using it to kind of hook them in, I guess. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've, I've kind of struggled with over the years is, uh, I do a lot of things, you know, and I do some things like I've, I've learned to prioritize more things than others, but, you know, like just a short, short list of just like the last, I don't know, three or four years of my life, I've done direct, you know, music directing and keyboard playing for musical theater. I teach piano, I teach theory and composition privately and in small groups. I'm a, I have two podcasts. Uh, I do have a blog. And, uh, you know, I, I am available. I do play for things like I've just recently played, you know, with a, with a big band uh, on piano. But I also, like, play for weddings. And uh, I also, I arrange for other people's musicals. I transcribe stuff and... Um, I even record orchestrated tracks for theaters that don't have a budget for live musicians. So I, I've got all this stuff here. And if I put all that on the homepage, I don't think any of those clients are, are going to have any clarity. It's just going to be like, well, what is it you do? And, you know, there is that, 
stigma that I think, you know, maybe not everyone thinks this, but I think a lot of people think, well, it's hard to be a, a jack of all trades and be a master of any of them. You know, it's, it's so I, I think there is a degree of prioritization, but I do like the idea of, you know, having some buttons, like if you want to know more about this service, go here. If you want to know more about that service, go here. Um, but I think also, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's there's some value into figuring out what's common about everything that you do and making sure that that's clear up front. But also <laughs> prioritizing, you know, it's like, what, what do you really want? Like if the website was to scare off every other type of client, what's the What's the client you most want to attract? Would that be be a good a good idea? Yeah, exactly. So there's two two thoughts I have about this. The first is thinking about the the client who's coming to your website. Um, one thing we want to think about is are these people, you know, is the same person going to be taking up all of these offers or are they going to be a completely different audience the reason we want to ask ourselves that is for seo purposes search engine optimization which is basically how people find you on google um so for example when i was first starting out i had a website which was my flute stuff and web design stuff which i would never do that again because <laughs> those are two completely different clients what i could do is mention on my flute thing in my bio like on my about page when I'm not teaching, I also do this. Like you can briefly touch upon it and you don't have to keep it a secret from the other, but that would be an example of having, of like needing to split up your websites into two different websites Right. if you do completely different things. Now, if you like what you're doing, those are all related. They're not, yeah. you know, they're not too far apart. So right. the question you want to ask yourself is what do I want people to do? Like, how do I want to make money off of my website? Because there's also so many different ways we make um, that we get business. A lot of times it's referrals or social media or whatever. So there's going to be different ways people find you if doing, you know, uh, let's say recording for for theater, let's say mm -hmm. that was all through word of mouth. I would touch upon it on the website and just, you know, have that maybe it's like in your drop down and just kind of mention it and how people can get in contact with you, but I wouldn't prioritize that. So right. just figuring like, and the other thing is too, as we change and our services change and our, you know, what we want to do changes, we can also change our website, which is what I love the most about it because unlike um, I also do work in photography and photography is very, once you take that picture, it's pretty set, but with websites, there is always room to change things. So, um, as things shift in your business, you can always update what's on the homepage, update where you're driving people and just kind of work with that flow so that you're never stuck. So if something's not working, you can always change it, which is truly one of my favorite things about websites. Awesome. Do you, do you have any creative suggestions for like creating that, that website? Like I, I've, I've heard some people say that it helps them to actually like, you know, get out a, a notebook paper and just kind of write out the website in descriptive form. Like here's what's on the homepage here's, or to draw it out, you know, just to kind of like, uh, you know, just some ideas like here's where those buttons might be. And, and like, here's a square here's a square where I'd put an image or, or something like that. And 
are, are there any, any suggestions you found helpful for just getting good creativity for, for that homepage? Definitely. Um, sometimes what people will do is exactly like you said, I think it's called a wireframe. So you, if you have mm-hmm. those like big, um, like notebooks, kind of easel things, you yeah. can draw it out on there to have that visual. Or if you have an iPad and you want to use it on that, um, drawing it out is so, so helpful because you won't have to spend the time actually building it. You can actually just write it out on there. Um, another tool that I really love and they actually make it really easy is Canva, which is just kind of like an online, um, really easy kind of not graphic design tool, but just to make kind of templates and things like that. So you, you can kind of create a website design within that to just kind of show everything and play around with it. Um, if you are a little bit more like tech savvy in that regard, but I really like writing things out to see all that information before I start building anything so that it's by the time I'm Mm -hmm. building anything out, it's really, really clear. So I mean, even using like a Google Doc can be a great option as well. Yeah. Well, I can, I can second Canva, uh, you know, for, for anyone who's like seen a thumbnail for this podcast, either, you know, the long form or on YouTube, uh, I use Canva for that. So <laughs> great. Um, so one of the problems I know that a lot of people have with their website is they get prospective clients to go there and like okay they're they're sold they're they're red they they'd like to know more but they just can't seem to find that encouragement to do something next or they're not being encouraged and they're like okay well this is nice uh i'll maybe i'll come back to this some other time it's you know this is something i think car salesmen (laughs) have mastered and that is don't let them get off the lot without buying this car (laughs) uh or at least you know, taking the next step that gets them closer to buying this car. So how do we have to think about that with our websites? What are some things that we can do to engage the prospects more? Yeah, great question. What I like to think of it as is making sure your website is very direct versus passive. So Mm -hmm. again, you have so much control over your website using buttons and any kind of, they're called call to action. So any Mm -hmm. kind of um, phrase that's going to encourage people to take an action such as contacting you or purchasing something or whatever um, is going to be really helpful. The kind of nuance to this is that a lot of times either people use too many and and visitors feel like they have too many choices and they get overwhelmed and then they just leave or there's not enough. So what you want to do is add some kind of phrase like click here to contact me or buy now or sign up here. Um, I like to put it pretty much under every, there's like a natural place where you put it. So, you know, after you've talked about a service, put it right underneath there. Once you get to the end of a page and you're kind of wrapping up what you're talking about, putting that button to have people contact you right underneath there. Um, Just encouraging them to take that action and making it very, very clear and direct to do that is going to be really helpful. If you're not putting in any directions, they're, maybe they'll figure it out. We, people are smart, but you know, we're all tired. We want to, we want to be told what to do sometimes and we don't have to work for it. So just giving them that encouragement to make it like, just making it really clear what the step is literally write out. Like, if you want to work with me, fill out my contact form, or if you want this piece of music, purchase it here, just making it 
so obvious. And I know that sounds kind of silly to say, but that's a lot. That's a big issue I see on a lot of websites is it just not being obvious how to work with someone. And frankly, we shouldn't have to work to figure out how to work with you. Right. Uh, the, the one page of my website, I've actually, you know, the, as I mentioned, there's some things I need to work on in my teaching portion of my page, my lessons portion, but, uh, you know, I was just glancing how that looks at the moment. And, and there are a few things to, to what you said that I have done. If you go, if, if you were to go to that page, there's a, there's a big button at the top, right above the header. It says, click here to book your first free appointment. And then I'm kind of trusting that in that 30 minutes of free that I can, well, first of all, determine whether or not I'm a good fit for them and they're a good fit for me. And if so, this can sell them on trying a month, you know, and then I think after, if I, you know, most students, if I have for a month, are going to come back for a second month and, and so on and, and stick with me. Uh, if they scroll down, they'll, they'll see uh, the types of lessons that I do and, you know, f- uh, a few, few other things. <laughs> and, you know, they'll see the, they'll see the picture that I have of my students. You know, this is this part I got to clean up. And then right below that is just another button that says, click here to book your first free appointment. So there it is again, just in case you forgot. And then there's testimonials. And then, you know, right below that, says there's a contact form says not ready to schedule free lesson please contact me and i'll respond as soon as i can and so you know i'm looking at this and i'm thinking that you know there's there's things that need work on and i think you know you should probably view website kind of like you view you know practicing your instrument you know you never just like practice your scales and there i know it i'll never do it again uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, although i guess some of us kind of wish it could be that way but you know your website is uh you get it to a certain level but it, it, it needs tending to and if i'm not mistaken i think google kind of rewards that if i'm not mistaken like uh websites that have been updated um kind of get a little bit of a preference in SEO than ones that have just, it's the same version as a year ago and nobody, nothing has been updated with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, They definitely do reward that. And I find even just doing simple updates, like um, writing like blog posts, I really love doing that because it's just a way to put new information out there without it taking up a huge amount of space on your website. Um, But also like some things I like to do is go back and review the question, like frequently asked questions because that information changes. Sometimes some information is no longer necessary. Sometimes I keep getting a lot of reoccurring questions and like, oh, that's a good idea to put on there. So just making simple changes like that can be helpful. And Google rewards, like you said, um, information because it's showing that the information is more relevant now than it, you know, than it might've been before. So um, especially when you're updating your site more frequently, it definitely makes it easier. Like I like to set a calendar reminder once a quarter to do some updates, just because it's so much easier than doing a huge, huge, you know, renovation to it once a year or something like that. It just kind of takes the overwhelm out of it. But um, yeah, anytime you just look at it with a fresh perspective, or you can ask a friend to take a look and say like, what would, what sticks out to you? What's not feeling good? Because you're, you're staring at your screen so much and it can be really hard to find that objectiveness. So just asking a friend can be really helpful. 
Awesome. Okay, we've mentioned SEO a couple of times. So, you know, and, and you, you mentioned search engine optimization. So, you know, this is, uh, again, stuff that helps when people are searching. Uh, like, if you're trying to find my area for piano teacher, it increases the odds that I'm showing up on that page. What are some, you know, what are two or three things that everybody could do to improve their SEO on their website? So one of the first things I like to think about if you are a location-based service is asking yourself or taking a look at your website to see if you've properly listed that information on there. Surprisingly, a lot of people make it really hard to find where they're based if they are a location-based business. So um, just making sure that information is clear from the first part of the, you know, the homepage, that it's really clear that it's there um, and just using that information throughout your website and similarly with other things, like you want to think about the words and the copy on your website as what people would type into Google in order to find you. There's kind of a, there's a line between like using jargon, like the terms you would use in our own industry or, you know, kind of behind the scenes that we don't want to use on our website because parents or prospective clients aren't necessarily going to use that. So actually taking a minute to type something into Google, like, piano teacher in Fargo, North Dakota. Like if you were to type that in, would your website come up? Are you using those words on your website? Think of it from the client perspective when you're writing it out. Um, and again, if you already have a website and everything is all typed out and everything and you don't have that information, you can always update it. It's super, super um, easy to do. And I'm trying to think what else you could do. Just, I think really thinking of it from... The client perspective is really helpful. Um, also making sure that you have like multiple, like you're using those words multiple times throughout right. your site, not just once. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there are some ways that you can get those words on your site without them being obvious, such as alt text on your photos and things like that, which again, it just tells Google what's in this photo and it could be. Uh, Fargo, North Dakota, flute teacher, uh, and, and so forth. By the way, is that a, is that a weird example? Or are you based in Fargo? <laughs> I, I'm not, I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend who lives in Fargo, and I just yeah. think I just visited a couple of years ago, and it was just the most wild place to go to. Yeah. So it just yeah. Fargo is one of my you know frequently watched movies. You know, so it's like <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. Great movie. Um, uh, yeah. Kind of related, and this is something else that I, I just opened up a, a uh, incognito window on Chrome, and I'm so I, I'm a, I want to type in like piano lessons. You know, just see. So I I type P I. I get Pizza Hut P I A. <laughs> as soon as I type P I A, I uh, you know this is Google will do this for you. They'll show you like what are people searching for. You know, so I see piano, piano keyboard, piano lessons near me. Uh, piano lessons, Winston Salem, and then there's another city nearby. Uh, PIA is also uh, Pakistan International Airlines. Okay, P Piano Man, a song by Billy Joel. Piano Keys, Piano Online. So I just keep on doing that. I type PIA in, and you know, and it kind of narrows that search. But if I type in Piano L for lessons, it all of the areas around me pop up by by what's closest and then i'll see right below that piano lessons for kids piano lessons online so if i just kind of keep typing lessons p 
piano lessons for kids near me, piano lessons online. I think I said that. Um, piano lessons f for kids, for adults, for beginners, for adults near me, for toddlers, for beginners. So I like I'm learning so much about what people are looking for. And I think this is something that you said that we should probably talk about is, you know, you're trying to get people to your website. So SEO is one thing. Uh, but one of the things that you that you told me beforehand was uh, the the expression was what people actually want to see versus what we think we want. So I think that was just kind of a way to kind of see what are people searching for. But w- elaborate on that. You know, we're trying to get people to our website. What are some things that we can do that's reflective of what they're looking for, not just what we think they're looking for? Yeah. So kind of to start off with what you had were just talking about um i really like using google business for uh, especially location-based businesses because it's going to help you come up um much higher in a listing um for you know things in that area because of the maps feature so i highly recommend anyone who has a location-based business you can also do it if you don't if you have just a you know an online business you can still do it but i just find it helps so much because you're using a feature of google um but related to yeah what they're seeing they want to see what's going to be solving their need or their problem so when you're Googling and you're starting to type in those words, it is kind of a combination of what's going to be a good fit for you and your business and what they're looking for. But if you only want to work with adults, you know, having that language on there that says like piano lessons for adults or adult beginners, whatever, that's both, you know, weaning out who's not going to be a good fit for you, who someone who only has kids who's looking for a piano teacher for kids. And if someone sees that and they're an adult beginner and they want to take piano lessons, they're going to feel more confident in, a, in reaching out because they see something they can relate to. It's kind of, it, it's like targeting them in a way that's like, oh, that's solving my problem. That person's a good fit. So just approaching things from that problem solving perspective, they want to feel relief. They want to feel seen. They want to feel like you're about to solve a problem for them, which will make it a lot easier for them to give you their money. Yeah. Um, I always like to think about, you know, like even like um, if you think about like Starbucks, like if you're craving a coffee and you go to their site, you want to be able to see the options that are there that's going to get you that fix for coffee or something like that. So um, just being very specific with the wording that you're using is going to help a lot. Um, And also just in terms of getting your website seen is not hiding your website. You want to make sure it's posted in so many different places and places that um, your ideal clients are going to be. So, um, you know, silly as it sounds, but making sure to put it in your email signature, putting it on your Facebook and your Instagram and all those pages. If there's any um, like local listings or anything like that for your area that you can add for free. I highly recommend doing that. So just kind of making sure your website's out there so that the right people can find it and you can solve their problem and you get paid and life's great. Right. Uh, I guess, you know, it's vaguely related. Like last week, uh, my wife and I went to a Chinese buffet and it was one of those huge buffet places that has probably like 
a dozen hot, you know, a dozen bars. Some are hot, some are cold. And, you know, and it's always amusing to walk by and, you know, you see, you know, where there's pizza <laughs> and then there's like some hamburger, you know, stuff and all that. And I'm like, nobody came here for this, but I know why it's there. It's for those families that have the kids that are a little picky, you know, that just want the food they're familiar with and so forth. But yeah, it's, it's like it, it it doesn't make sense if I'm looking for adults to have pictures of kids on my website, even though I teach kids. You know, it's, again, it's getting back to the idea of um, your website is is you're trying to attract the clients you're trying to seek more of, and and that and that client that is that is right for you doesn't want to get confused when they when they look at your website and they see you know, either they don't see what they're looking for or they're seeing that plus all these other things are not sure if you're really right for you, <laughs> if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. And for people who are, you know, I think sometimes people feel like it might pigeonhole them in a way, but you can also absolutely have a, a downloadable resume and CV on your website to show all the things you've done. So if you still want to showcase everything without it, you know, being the big feature of your website, absolutely include those things on your website. Just don't make it the, you know, the center. So it's throwing people off because all those experiences and all the people you've worked with is, um, is great. And it's shaped who you are and it's brought you to the business you have now, but, um, you can still have a place for that, but not making it the center of it. And I think it's just, it's really helpful to distinguish that so that you're not, attracting people who are just not a good fit for you. We want more people who are going to be a good fit for you and your business. Right. Uh, there's one thing, I, I mean, I haven't looked at other musicians' websites the way you have, but uh, it, it's been a long time since I've actually looked for comparison. But one of the things that I used to see was pretty high up on the page on, on About Me that that listed, you know, like their education and, and all of that. Like I, you know, I got my bachelor's degree here, my master's degree here, my DMA at this place. You know, I just, just want to offer just this perspective. Uh, let's see, this is my 23rd year of teaching. And one time in all of those 23 years, has anybody asked me anything about where I went to school? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, if people really want to know that, I think it, it it's, that's one of those things you could say, this is something they sh they can hunt for, you know, like it can be a drop down menu, you know, bio and it's, and it's on there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's kind of getting back to what do people really want? People, people really don't care. I mean, unless you're, unless your client is, uh, you know, a university hiring a full professor, which they're probably, they're probably using your website as a supplement, you know, there, there, there's probably an application process that you've gone through, but you know, for as freelance, if you're trying not to work for anybody else, you're trying to, you know, be your own, um, your, your own boss, your own business. I, you know, and, and I, same way, I'm, I'm not interested in where their education is. I'm interested in like, what is their experience? What is their expertise? What do their other students think of working with them? So, <laughs> I think that's, exactly. uh, yeah, case in point, you know, just making sure that we, we're thinking about what our clients actually want. Yeah. And I've just a, a quick note about that. I found that you can use it as more of a, I think people find it more interesting to talk about an area you've lived in 
they'll feel more connected to that than they'll probably you know, like, oh, you went to Rice. That's great. Like they, they're probably not going to know that. I mean, if they do, that's great, but um, they're, they're going to be thinking more about, yeah, like what you're offering them currently. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything else uh, like for, for musicians, anything that we haven't talked about that you think is important for getting the website in shape? And, and I guess, you know, uh, you know, talk, I guess we haven't talked about like, if for someone, if someone's listening to this, like, I don't even have a website at all. How do I get started? Um, I mean, I'll, I, I use Wix. I, I have worked with an organization that uses WordPress and they both have so many templates and, and things. And, and like, if you need buttons, they have buttons and, and, uh, and almost all of them have tons of videos on YouTube if you're not sure of what to do. Um, uh, but you know, there's also the, uh, there's also the route of getting a professional web designer as, as well. And, you know, the, I have heard, you know, just kind of like, you never know when social media is going to change things. You know, I really never know when Wix is going to change their policies and I might wish I had my own, uh, independent website. So there, there is that aspect to it as well, but any other advice for just like building your website that we haven't talked about? Yeah, uh, I love Wix. That's what I use. And that's what we use for all of our web design clients. I just find that it's super, super easy. Like you said, there's so many resources, which makes it really helpful. Um, and you, I, I feel like I do want to clarify this. Unless you are a bigger organization, there is not a need to use WordPress. If you want to figure it out, I think that's great. But it is a lot more um, tech savvy to know that. And you, you do need to know some coding. I prefer Wix because I think it's it gives you a lot of creative freedom, which I think you know musicians tend to crave. Um, but also, it's so user friendly. It's it's just drag and drop, and it it makes it really easy. Um, what I like to do is kind of break up the process of building a website. So you know what I like to do first is write every all the copy out, all the words into a a Word document or a Google document. Um, get your branding all squared away. So all of the colors you're going to use, all of the fonts you're going to use, your logo, all that. And then the uh, any media, so any photos or audio or video, anything like that, separating all of that and then start putting your website together. I find if you're kind of putting it all together at once, and you're going through the process, it can get really overwhelming really quickly. But if you're kind of breaking it up, that can be really helpful. And if you're very type A, um, I like to use, I'm not type A, but I like organization, but I like to yep. use a spreadsheet to kind of write down, all right, this page, I'm going to do this by this date. And it just kind of helps, you know, break down the process because websites are a big project. It can be overwhelming, but if you break things up and you give yourself, you know, an ample amount of time, it's going to make it easier. Um, the company that I'm a part of and our media, we actually do have pre-designed Wix website templates for um, musicians and performers and uh, private studio teachers just to make your life a bit easier. So that's kind of pre-designed for you. And you just, we, we call it like, if I've ever played Mad Libs as a kid where you just kind of like yep. write the words in, um, right. we use that format to make it really easy. But um, just things like that can be super helpful when you're designing a website from scratch. Nice. Um, and I feel like, you know, we, 
we haven't talked about something that I think is kind of a nice little obvious suggestion of, uh, I think it's most helpful if you kind of know where you want to go with your website, you've got an idea, but you want to see it at work is find even two or three people that are doing similar work to you that have a big following already that seem to have, you know, seem to be doing pretty well check out their websites and you may see some ideas. You may see some things like, Oh, I did, I never thought about that. Like, I think it was, you know, that I got the idea of, Hey, that the text can be animated, you know, when I go there to kind of look really interesting, you know? So, um, but things, some things change over time. Like it, it used to be like a video would start playing when you go to websites decades ago (laughs) and just autoplay and and so forth and and people realize well most people find that kind of annoying so you know you don't want to do that but uh but yeah and you may you may go to a website and say i i don't they do this but i don't really like it it just gives you some ideas of what other people are doing um so let's uh you know you mentioned your company uh to just tell us where people can get in touch with you if they would like to you know, have your services for their website. Yeah, absolutely. So the full name is Nicole Ricardo Media. That's our website, NicoleRicardoMedia.com. Um, we also have an Instagram, which is nrmedia underscore. Um, and then you can also find me, my separate uh, Instagram, the Taylor Rossi um, on there. But if anyone has any questions, love to just hear thoughts about, you know, websites, if you have any questions about that. Um, and then just one final thing regarding what you had just said, I also really like to look at websites outside the music world for inspiration too. Um, so that we're all not just doing the same things. I think it's really, really easy to get stuck in those same designs and, uh, patterns, but seeing, you know, what people are doing outside of that, especially who are in like a business kind of setting or, you know, have a, a business marketing kind of business um, that can be really helpful. But yeah, if anybody has any questions, always here to chat, happy, always happy to talk about websites. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, you know, just yeah. kind of following up with that, you know, think like if, if I think I was thinking like, if there's, if someone on Instagram has a lot of followers and they have a website, you could check that out. But the other thing is, as we were talking about SEO, you type in the term, that you want people to find you under, but you see like some websites at the top, go look at those websites and just, it might see if you can just try to understand what it is they're doing. Uh, that'll help you with that. But I love the idea of, you know, going outside of music and, you know, finding some inspiration as well. Uh, and, and it, it also, where can people follow you personally? Yeah. So my personal, um, Instagram is the Taylor Rossi. And then, um, I also have, a photography business too. So that's Taylor Rossi photography in case you need some photos for your website. I'm uh, based in Boston. So come say hi. Nice. Long way from Fargo. <laughs> yeah, long way. <laughs> nice. Well, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. And that's going to do it for episode number 40 of the Musician Toolkit. Just as a reminder, you can find me in the podcast on social media specifically at Instagram and TikTok at David Lane Music and on Facebook at David M. Lane Music. I'm also on a few other places, but I don't post very often there. And you can find this podcast at davidlanemusic.com slash toolkit, where you can also find other menus, including a contact if you'd like to leave me a message, if you'd like to leave any feedback today. If you found this video on YouTube, I would appreciate it if you would click the like and also subscribe to this channel. 
And no matter where you're listening to this, if you got value out of it, would you please share it with at least one other person? It would mean so much in helping this podcast to continue to grow. Again, that's going to do it for today, but I'll be back with you again next week. Thank you so much for listening.